Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of TC Live, our half-hour post-game show to wrap up a huge day of tennis. Big week here on Tennis Channel. Four events across four continents, 17-plus hours each day, ending every night in Delray Beach. Here's what's coming up on the show. After nearly four months off, the much-awaited debut of reigning U.S. Open champ Carlos Alcaraz did not disappoint. Plus, a mixed bag of results for the American women in the Middle East with U.S. number one Jesse Pagula pulling out the most thrilling match of the day. And our Black History Month celebration focuses on the amazing impact and legacy of Venus and Serena Williams. With that, we welcome you back into our studios in Santa Monica, California. That is Chanda Rubin. We got Prakash Amitraj. I'm Steve Weisman. Great to have you here with us wrapping up a huge day of tennis. Mo money, no problems for Michael Mo. Now. What a season hot. it has been. Started it off hot for Michael Mo. Uh, got to his career high earlier this year. Another big win. He took out Sasha Zverev in Australia, and you just called it, Chanda, a win over Denis Shapovalov tonight. Yeah, another big win, and you know he's just gaining confidence. You can see it, and of course he's giving you a lot of material with his name. So he's winning <laughs> in all the different areas. What did you think of it? Well, he just seems to be building, as you said, Chanda. He was so brilliant in Australia, the way he competed, took out Zverev over there, and he hasn't really let up. I mean, even in Dallas, he lost a tough three-setter to Yiving Wu, who took the title. Um, I like the way he's going, and in those big moments in the final of the third set, looked great closing it out. What happened in that, in that first set? Because he was down uh, early and then fought his way back. Yeah, I think you against Shapovalov, you have to know you're going to maybe have some chances to break serve. You may get a point or two here or there. And they played years ago at the lower levels, but I think those matches still come into play, have a little bearing. And Moe didn't panic. He has, I think, that added belief in his game. You could see him look to get a little more offensive. And all of that, I think, added to his ability to turn that match around in the first set, which was big. The Tiburon challenger. Nobody forgets 2016 <laughs> in Tiburon, Northern California. Big story of the day in Argentina, the return of Carlos Alcaraz, 19-year-old U.S. Open champ making the season debut. Hasn't played since the Paris Masters Chanda facing Laszlo Gerard. Yeah, this was a terrific battle. We wondered kind of where Alcarez would start. Not having played matches for so many months, he came out firing. He was coming in. He was using a little more variety, hitting up high, using the drop shot. And Jera, he was not an easy out. That first set, though, after Alcarez got the break of serve, you could see him just relax and settle in a bit more. And that's one of the things you lose a bit when you haven't played live matches for a while, that instinctiveness. Looked like Alcarez was maybe going to close this out in two sets. He had multiple break points in the second, but Jera turned it on. He started hitting up the line, opening up the court, got a little more offensive, and he took a few more risks, especially at the end. That backhand was huge, and it got Jera even into the third set, but he had some physical issues, Jared did. He saw the trainer, couldn't tell if it was maybe stomach upset or cramps or some kind of 
uh, issue with his stomach, but the beginning of the third was big, and Alcarez, after the disappointment of not breaking several times in the second, was able to get the early break, turn it around. That little short shot there, closing it out, a terrific match for him. Carlitos, victorious in his return. We heard from him after. It's uh, your first victory after four months. Uh, what are you feeling right now? Well, uh, it's a great feeling to, uh, have, I mean, the feel to, to win again. You know, uh, it's been a, a, a long time for me uh, with no competition, with no matches, just recovering, and uh, finally I, I got my first win of uh, 2023. Finally, I mean, it's February. It's not, it's not too late, Carlitos. Uh, listen, this was. First match in Argentina, we had Gabriela Sabatini in the crowd. Big deal there for Carlos Alcaraz. How would you rate his performance? I thought it was exactly what he wanted. Number one, he got the win, which is the most important thing. And two, his body language is great. It's something he's known for and it's something that I always look for in a player. Even early in that first set, just getting holds on the board. He was back to his, back to his group. Pumping his fist, pumping his fist. And I think that's a big hallmark of his game. Drop the second set, no big deal. I think being pushed to a third, almost good for him at yeah. this stage. You need those competitive reps to get sharp. Yeah, I think it's easy to get maybe a little over-anxious. First match back, you've been raring to go, trying to get past the physical issues. And for Alcaraz, you saw a few moments where he overplayed a little, but he was able to pull it back, and that's one of the strengths of his game. He lets go of mistakes. He keeps hitting. He goes back to the strengths of his game. And I thought he was able to do that really well when he needed to. So I think he's starting to build that confidence really quickly right out of the gate, and that may spell some trouble for the rest of the field. Absolutely. It is so good to see him back on a tennis court. We missed Carlos Alcaraz. Meantime, big action in Rotterdam. Yannick Sinner unseated for the first time in nearly two years, but coming off a title in Montpellier, Prakash facing the Frenchman Benjamin Abonzi. Sounds weird when you say that, Weissman. Unseated Sinner. He certainly didn't play like that. Got off to a hot start here. Two breaks to start off things and held serve pretty comfortably here, moving around the court so well. And what I love is because he hits the ball so big and utilizes the angles well, he gives himself bigger targets. You saw there on the backhand, didn't have to do a whole lot to get that clean winner. Second set, Bonzi trying to mix up things a little bit, comes up with some nice handwork up at the net. Was able to take that second set, actually, but then center right back to work early in the third set. Brilliant forehand on the run there. It was low, wasn't even in his wheelhouse, but a little flick of the wrist. Gets a big pace going, and very similar to the first set. Not really in question, center all the way. One nearly half of his return points improves to 9-2 and two on the season. Gets Stefano Tsitsipas next. We'll talk about that later. Former Rotterdam champ, number two seed Andre Rublev, taking on former uh, current World 25, Alex Dimonor-Prakash. The Aussie leads their head-to-head -head coming into this one. Well, I think that head-to-head -head was a big psychological advantage, and Dimonor did a great job against high-ranked opponents. He was 0-15 against top five opponents to start, but the last four tournaments, knocking up wins, building that confidence against those top players. Takes the first set. You'll notice in these highlights here, just a few more unforced errors than we're used to seeing from Andre Rublev there with the volley a few times with forehand and backhand. Just didn't look as sharp as he normally does, especially on a hard court where he's just so deadly. But solid win for Deminos. Won nearly 90% of the points on his first serve. Broke Rublev a couple times while not facing a break point. He gets the American Maxime Pressy next. To Doha we go. Coco Golf trying to get back to the quarters against two-time champ Petra Kvitova. 
Coco said, uh, I felt like I've watched her for a long time, and it was weird playing her because it's like almost meeting a celebrity, Chanda. But Coco's a pretty big star herself. Yeah, you know, she got over that feeling quickly because she took this break here, and that was a little bit of disrespect for the celebrity Kavitova. But golf using her athleticism, the movement around the court, and that is what gave Kavitova problems over and over again. She can hit big Kavitova, but so many of the, those balls, golf was getting back. But it got down to a tie break in the second set, and Kavitova using the forehand beautifully there. But golf, she's showing so much poise in these tough situations. Went to work here and was able to get Kavitova on her heels to generate a couple of match points. This was the second one, and golf finally gets it done. He really kept her focused yeah, throughout, and goal. this was another impressive victory in straight sets. Kvitova more than doubled the unforced errors of golf, who now is 9-1 on the year. She gets Veronica Kudermatova next, Chanda. Uh, this next match was wild. Jesse Pagula, Yelena Ostapenko. It started well for the top-ranked American. It did, and, you know, we maybe expected Ostapenko to be a little hit or miss. Yeah, You're never quite sure. A few more I misses there, and Pagula so focused and clean in that first set. But the second, Ostapenko able to turn it around. She started finding her range, her rhythm. She has got deadly power, Ostapenko. And when she's on, it's tough for anybody uh, to hang in there. And in the third set, it was more the same. It looked like Ostapenko was going to take this match. She would get up 5-2 with four hands like that one, stepping in on returns. But match point number one on the Pagula serve, and Ostapenko misses. This, the second match point Jeez. for Ostapenko was a good serve from Pagula, but that's got to be the disappointment for Ostapenko that she wasn't able to make Pagula play. And once Pagula got out of that danger, she did not look back. She's been so solid over the course of the last 12 to 16 months, and it was another big victory. Never quit. Jesse Pagula comes back and gets to the final eight. How did you get this done? Yeah, like you said, the beauty about tennis is there's no time limit, so there's always a chance. I don't know. I just tried to win in that game. I mean, obviously, I got the break, and I knew it had some momentum, but she returned so well, and it's really windy out here. It's hard uh, when she's hitting the ball so deep, so I just tried to serve a little bit smarter. Um, maybe got a little lucky. I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. Down 5-2 in the third, down a couple match points. She, she pulled a, a mini Chanda Rubin. You remember <laughs> our colleague down 5-love, 40-love, 1995 French Open, uh, came all the way back, survived nine match points. Uh, Prakash, how do you think Pagula was able to pull it off? Well, look, she, she's got that brilliant attitude of never say die, and I think her, her demeanor is also a huge factor in being able to pull off these kinds of matches. You know, she doesn't get too emotional one way or another, so a huge factor that anyone at home can take away next time they're at their next club playing five all in the third. I think it's also worth noting that this is the first time she's played after she really opened up in that article in the Players' Tribune, and she said, you know, there was such an outpouring of love for what she went through with her mother, and it was the first time really out there in front of everyone again competing, and it must have felt great for her. She performed really well, and look, she's there for the double. She's got Dubai coming up next, off to a great start with a bunch of confidence here, 
So uh, things looking good for this hardcore swing. She, she said in that article that, that her mom is now watching all of her matches ever since that incident occurred, and she's probably watching that interview. What, what's going through your mind? I, I always reference your comeback because it, it, it gives me belief. There's no, no time limit in tennis. You can always come back. So what are you thinking in those moments? Well, we've talked about it before, Steve, that it's never over until that last ball is played. And I think for Pagula, she understands that better than most. She has been one of the most solid players out there. You know, she's playing at the top of her game, top five tennis, and maybe beyond. I mean, she's got to be thinking of these big titles now. And I think a match like that where you know a player in Ostapenko She's going to hit big. She's going to hit winners. You just accept it. You kind of weather those difficult moments. And I think for Pagula, the confidence she's been gaining from doing that in some tough, you know, big matches, I think that got her through in this one as well. Huge stuff for Jesse Pagula. Still to come on the show, we got highlights from the world number one, Iga Sviantek, back in action today. But when we return, today's Black History Month feature honors the Williams sisters, how they changed the sport and what their amazing legacy means for future generations. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The feats of Venus and Serena Williams are legendary. Brilliance that has transcended their sport and made them icons. There we are. It's Serena Williams again, 14 years after that first victory here. Grand Slam number 22. The sisters from Compton, California first captivated audiences in the mid-90s with their signature beaded cornrows, infectious smiles, and unsurpassed talent. But beyond dominating tennis for most of this century, they've also become symbols of much more than the game itself. Young girls and boys of color saw themselves in them. Unapologetically black, unapologetically proud, and unapologetically great. The Williams sisters have used their platform to elevate black voices and to help pursue solutions to problems faced in the black community. They founded the Yatundi Price Resource Center in their hometown of Compton, named after their sister, who was murdered in 2003. The center is a leader in mental health programming in black and brown communities, assisting students struggling with heightened mental health issues and providing aid to trauma victims. From championships to culture, entrepreneurship to service, the Williams sisters have carved out a towering legacy that surpasses the boundaries of tennis. Thanks, Taylor, with us all week here at Tennis Channel. The Williams sisters, arguably the greatest sports story of all time. All of our Black History Month features available at TennisChannel.com. Our celebration continues all week on TC Live and all month right here on Tennis Channel. Coming up next, would the most unlikely story in tennis this year continue in Delray Beach? Find out. Chanda Prakash, Steve, back on TC Live. We head back to Doha. Last time Iga Sviantek played Danielle Collins, she lost in the Aussie Open semifinals. And as Michael Jordan would say, she took that personally, Chanda. What a performance today. 
Yeah, these were very different conditions, and Sviantek, the good part for her is she wasn't going to take this opponent for granted because of that last loss and got off to a quick start. Danielle Collins, not quite the fiery personality we're used to seeing, went down very meekly in this first set. Six love, but Sviantek, when she gets rolling, she can go through opponents very quickly. She plays so aggressively. Hitting there off the back foot, but going from defense to offense, got off to a good start in the second and kept the train rolling. Not many places for Collins to go to. And the forehand there to close it out, that had to go very good for Igor Sviante. Drop 60 on him. It's kind of like dropping a six-love set. I mean, that was a blowout. Uh, Belinda Bencic, Victoria Azarenka, they were on court three times as long as Iga, and it took a huge comeback from the Swiss star Picasso. Boy, how good are these matches today? I mean, just blockbuster stuff. Vika played unbelievable. Got up 6-1, 4-1. You really thought this thing was in the books. But you know what, Weissman? When you just won a title the previous week, all of a sudden you think you should keep winning. And that's exactly what Belinda did. She just thought, let me hang around a little bit, yeah. squeeze that break back, got into a breaker, got that double from Azarenka. Bencic showing great body language here. And in the third set, Bencic, again, early, dictating play a little bit, playing a bit of defense, getting a bunch of balls back in play, finding a big backhand. Up the line there. Nothing Azarenka can do. And Benchit finds herself at match points and serves things out. Amazing. Hung in there. And Bika not able to put away 6-1-4-1 lead. Benchit, six straight win. Now a WTA leading 14-2 on the season. Unfortunately, she would then withdraw from the event due to fatigue. She's been playing too much. Uh, her quarterfinal opponent, world number one Iga Sviantek, receives a walkover into the semis after she was only on court for 53 minutes today. Garcia 3-0 against Sakari. Coco Goff, Kudermatova meeting for the first time. We head back to Delray Beach. And what was finance bro Mattia Petsatich doing before his second round match? What do you mean that I go to the office today? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Huh. It was back at work. Uh, story of the year. Former Princeton All-American, Harvard Business School grad, now works as the director of capital markets for an investment company. Beat Jack Sock yesterday, facing Marcos Giron tonight, Chanda. And by the way, that 50-something he said he was practicing with last week, none other than City Open Tournament owner, Mark Ein. How about that? Have rackets, will hit balls, and that has been <laughs> a good frame of mind for Petsatich. But he came up against a more experienced opponent, in Marcos Giron, Giron playing such confident tennis, had answers for everything, the court coverage, the movement, not many places for Petsatich to go into. And even the aggressive play, the coming in, the volleys from Petsatich, Giron just didn't have any trouble. And he had some aggressive play of his own. That has been big. We even had Mike Tyson in the stands. We had Venus Williams watching as well. All the stars were out. And Giron performed like it was one of the matches of his life. He just keeps going, playing such confident tennis. Everyone's got a plan for Kai. Till you get punched in the face. <laughs> Giron gets a win, but uh, what a story. Pets to teach. Incredible stuff. Back to the day job. And uh, 
what is trending on social media. Uh, Prakash, you found this one. Uh, what's going on here? It's like a zoo in Rotterdam. Well, well, one of our one of our dear producers should get credit for this one because he is the real panda in the building. But somehow in Rotterdam, a panda finds his way onto the court. And you know what? I think everyone is so baffled by his movements and his somersault that no one does anything. There's no security. There's no nothing. They're just letting him do his thing. I mean, it was mesmerizing, especially how he windmills his arms running around. And what is this? A species not usually seen in low countries. Is that what we're calling <laughs> I mean, the fact that this this panda, you know, nobody tackled him. Nobody took a... I mean, it's a dangerous you situation. You don't tackle a panda, Steve. They are sweet, cuddly animals. You the don't bears. tackle them. Got Look at the form, by the way. Good tuck and roll. Almost like he knew what exactly what he was doing. I don't know about the little. I don't know, I don't know what that was. That's what got me, Prakash. I was, I was spellbound. By but that. look at this everyone. Is everyone is frozen. No one's doing anything. None of the players are doing anything. I mean, and how did Ian Dunn, by the way, get from Santa Monica all the way to Rotterdam and still call, produce this this match? Now that's the question. That's the better question. That's what, what is going on. Anytime you can put a panda on the show, it's a good show. Uh, tomorrow, action in Rotterdam. Uh, maybe the panda free. We don't know. 5 a.m. Eastern. Doha, 9 a.m. Eastern. The three of us back to wrap it up. TC Live, 10 p.m. Eastern. We will break down tomorrow's big matches when we come back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on TC Live, our coverage on T2 tomorrow from Doha, Rotterdam, Buenos Aires, and Delray Beach. Got you going a six-hour window beginning at 11.30 a.m. That is for Samsung owners, Jim Michael Gamble, Gil Gross, on the call on T2. And now time for our hot shot of the day. And once again, uh, the person who gets the hot shot does not win the match, but didn't even win the point, Prakash. Give, give, give Muhova a little shine right here. Little reaction to the left court behind the back there. Look, finds a little defensive love. We all know how good Carolyn Garcia is good at the net. So she gets a smash and a volley. She's not going to make a mistake, but be able to react to this left court here. Shift from the forehand to behind the butt. I like that. Behind the butt. That was sweet. Good contact, clean, and got back in play. A few more shots. I, I give her credit. You know, I mean, it would have been nice if she put a little spin on it from behind there. Tried to get it past Garcia. But uh, I, I think a, a solid eight and a half out of ten. Absolutely. Tough judge. Yeah. Now, what would Dang. you have given that? I mean, that's just the one shot? Yeah. That's a ten. Oh, ten out of ten. Oh, yeah. oh right there. Yeah. Dumb judges are just give fifties out just for fun. Big matches coming up on center court Thursday, starting 5 a.m. Eastern. Cincy Pass and center for the seventh time. Golf Cooter Matova in Doha. Pagula, Beatrice Haddad Maya. Looking forward to that one as well. So let's talk about some of these matches. And let's begin with Maria Sakri taking on Caroline Garcia. Chanda, we watched this match in Fort Worth last year. Semifinals of the WTA Finals. Garcia took it in straight sets. What did you learn from that match about this matchup? 
You know, it's, this has been a tough matchup for Maria Sakri because of how aggressive Caroline Garcia plays, because of her net rushing, the big serve, and I think it makes it tough for Sakri to play more offensive tennis. With that being said, though, I think Sakri's going to have to mix it up a little bit more. She's going to have to be the one looking to take ground away that will not be easy, especially in these conditions. I think you've still got to give Garcia that slight edge because she knows how to play against this opponent, but I think it'll be a fun match to watch. Sakri's playing some confident yep. tennis. We'll see if she can turn the tables. You know, Sakri is one of those few players on the WTA Tour that does have a dynamic game. She can win points a lot of different ways. Very comfortable up at net, as you mentioned, Shanda. So I'd like to see her get a little bit more out of her element. And if she normally approaches the net maybe 30% of the time, let's, let's get that up to 55, 60. Take a few second serves, come in, do the Garcia to Garcia. <laughs> To the Garcia. Yeah. Uh, all right, how about Sinner Sitsipas? Before the, the show started, you were like, they're playing this early in the tournament? I, What's going on yeah. here? 5-1 uh, head-to-head for Sitsipas. They yeah. played that five-setter at the Australian Open. Sinner came back from two sets down, could not finish it. How can he change the outcome tomorrow? Well, it's interesting. Even in that five-setter, Steph never really looked under the gun. He did lose two sets, but in the first two and then the fifth set, really looked in control. So I think he knows how to feel comfortable against Sinner. Uh, not dissimilar to what we talked about with Sacre and Garcia. I think Sinner is going to need to get a little bit out of his comfort zone and rush Steph. Steph's just, in general, a bigger boy, so mm. he's able to impose himself on him. So I think Steph, uh, Sinner needs to reverse things a little bit. Sitsipas, 92% hold percentage this year. It's going to be tough to get a break Big on boy. Steph and Sitsipas. Taylor Fritz had a career-high seven in the world. Guess who else has had a career-high? Emilio Gomez, the former USC Trojan, up to the 90s right now. Yeah, fight on. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Uh, I mean, it's terrific for Gomez having a later career resurgence and, you know, getting to a career high at this stage. But I think Taylor Fritz, he's just playing such confident tennis. He's playing a big brand of tennis with the serving and how big he's hitting from the ground. And he just understands how to work his way through these kinds of matches now, especially when there's more pressure on him. So I think it's going to be tough for Gomez to find some inroads unless he gets a little help uh, from Fritz. Got to give Fritz the yeah. edge there. Certainly agree, but what an opportunity after making the quarters in Dallas last week, Emilio Gomez. And uh, guys, I just want to throw this out there. Yep. I'm having a lot of fun doing this little stand-up at the end. You get to use our whole body and everything. What you say we do this again? Let's do it again. They what loved it so much yesterday. They brought us back. No, no, uh, no hearts behind us, though. It's a, you know. That's all right. You, 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 you do your own heart, right? Don't yeah, you do the own heart? Yeah. There we go. There Guess what go. we love to see? Uh, Carlos Alcaraz back in action. Right, right there, spinning the racket and everything. The world number two, trying to get back up to number one. He's the top seed in Buenos Aires. Thanks for watching TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow.